good evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Danielle Draper, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Vergara, and Chloe Paris. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. In a message from the City of Kingston, Kingston Climate Change Symposium shines spotlight on local biodiversity and a new green age. Join the City and Sustainable Kingston at the 2024 Climate Change Symposium on Monday, January 29th for an engaging and informative discussion that will leave you inspired and motivated to act. Jeff Hendry, Chief Operating Officer at Sustainable Kingston, states, quote, This signature event is all about sparking action, showcasing the latest progress in community-driven climate projects and enhancing our local community connections. Join us for inspiring talks on biodiversity, technology, and how we can work together to create a more resilient future." End quote. Bob McDonald, one of Canada's most prominent science journalists and the host of the award-winning radio show Quirks and Quarks, will provide a virtual keynote address. Bob will bring audiences on a journey of exploration through the incredible technologies available now and in the future, with a sense of optimism and hope for the new green age. Ewa Jackson, Managing Director at ICLEI, Canada and leading expert in local climate adaption and resilience, will also join the speaker lineup to deliver an inspiring talk exploring the importance of effective climate communication. Through this engaging presentation, Ewa will address the who, what, why, when, and how of talking about climate change with any audience. Audience members will get a chance to apply the lessons presented in Ewa's talk. The symposium will also feature a thought-provoking panel discussion on biodiversity with experts Holly Evans, Cataract Way Conservation, Maureen Buchanan, All Our Relations Land Trust, and Shannon Lem. Frontenac Arc Biosphere. They will explore diverse topics including watershed health, indigenous-led conservation, and community engagement, providing profound insights into climate resilience. While the event will return to the Kingston Grand Theatre for the first time in three years, the city and sustainable Kingston will continue to offer a live stream for virtual attendees. The live stream will be available on the City of Kingston YouTube channel. No registration is required. You can get your tickets now for the in-person event at kingstongrand.ca, $20 for general admission and $15 for students. Thanks to Kingston Transit, attendees can enjoy complimentary transit to and from the venue. Simply show your ticket and ride for free. In lieu of payment, virtual attendees are asked to consider a donation to the Kingston Community Climate Action Fund. The fund helps local nonprofits and charities carry out projects to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. 100% of funds donated support local climate action initiatives. Climate change is an issue that affects us all. If you are interested in attending but are unable to purchase tickets, please request complimentary tickets using Sustainable Kingston's online forum or by contacting Jeff Hendry at jeff at sustainablekingston.com. In a message from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, spoken here an evening of poetry, language, and culture with Sadiqa Demare. Join Kingston's poet laureate Sadiqa Demare in celebrating the region's blend of cultures through an exclusive poetry reading event, Spoken Here, hosted by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Attendees will listen to folks reading a poem that they love in its original language, and then in their English translations, as facilitated by Demare. This event promises a unique linguistic experience, fostering a deeper appreciation for the rich poetic heritage thriving alongside Kingston Frontenac's growing population. Let the beauty of poetry's boundless expression inspire your creativity, with talented voices shaping the future of our community, said Jake Miller, Librarian, Adult Programming. 
He added, collaborating with Sadika to highlight the words and voices of newcomers has been truly special. This event is a testament to our partnership and her ongoing dedication to showcasing the creative talents within our community. Registration is required for the event, scheduled for February 12th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Isabel Turner branch. You can visit calendar.kfpl.ca or call 613-549-8888 to register. In a message from the City of Kingston, let's talk trash. The City of Kingston is seeking input from residents regarding the move to a card-based waste collection program. Throughout the fall, staff gathered early feedback from residents during in-person engagements and through an online Q&A. This feedback was used to develop a survey, which will help determine potential options for cart size and collection frequency. Karen Stantucci, Director of Public Works and Solid Waste states, quote, we are looking to residents to tell us their preferences for how the cart-based waste collection may look in Kingston. This program will affect residents across the city, so it's important that people have their say to ensure a smooth and successful transition. The survey is now open and will be available on Get Involved Kingston until Friday, February 9th at 4 p.m. Feedback can also be shared by phone or email. You can call 613-546-0000 Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or contact them at wastestrategies at cityofkingston.ca. Results of the survey will be used to make recommendations to Kingston City Council on how best to move forward with this program. The city will begin rolling out the new carts in summer 2025. The city's current waste collection system is a manual one, where garbage is picked up by hand. The waste industry as a whole has shifted in recent years, with many municipalities shifting to automated collection, where no manual lifting is required. Back injuries, muscle strain, and falls are some of the most common injuries facing waste collectors. Kingston Council approves 2024 municipal budgets with 3.5% property tax increase. Kingston City Council passed its 2024 operating capital budgets on January 16th, with a 2.5% property tax increase plus 1% for capital investment. Currently one of the lowest property tax rate increases among Ontario cities with populations over 100,000. Under the new strong mayor powers legislation, the budget was proposed by Mayor Brian Patterson and provided to Council for their consideration. In accordance with Section 284.16 of the Municipal Act 2001, which assigns the powers and duties with respect to proposing and adopting a budget to the mayor. The mayor's 2024 budget includes a $477 million municipal operating budget and a capital budget of $131 million. Mayor Patterson states, quote, I am excited to see this year's budget approved. It provides a strategic roadmap for our city's progress, ensuring targeted investments in crucial areas while maintaining existing city services. This budget establishes the groundwork for several council priorities and sets the stage for many important initiatives for our community." End quote. The 3.5% property tax increase, to date the second lowest of Ontario cities with a population greater than 100,000, represents $133 per year for a homeowner based on average market value assessment of $328,100. Property taxes support services such as garbage pickup, transit, road and bridge maintenance, policing, recreational programs, emergency services, libraries, museums, community services, crossing guards, and long-term care. Desiree Kennedy, Chief Financial Officer and City Treasurer states, quote, City staff prepared the proposed 2024 budgets based on the direction from Mayor Patterson. Despite inflammatory challenges, the 2024 operating budget provides for a municipal tax increase of 2.5%. 
well below the current rate of inflation, plus a 1% incremental capital levy for continued investment in the city's capital assets. The capital budget is a funding plan that represents primarily routine asset management investments that are necessary for the ongoing maintenance of our infrastructure and other assets, including roads, bridges, parks, facilities, and fleet. This year's capital budget also includes strategic capital investments such as $9.5 million for the Confederation Basin Promenade, $7.5 million for investment in affordable and supportive housing, and $10.2 million for the replacement of six diesel transit buses with electrical units, as well as an additional $8 million to repair roads in poor condition. Council subsequently amended the proposed budget to include an additional $1 million in support for family physician recruitment, as well as $40,000 earmarked for additional crossing guards. In a message from South Frontenac Township, green light for additional dwelling units in South Frontenac. Homeowners in South Frontenac looking to build a basement apartment in Law Suite or rental unit may find it easier to understand what's required now that new bylaws have been passed for additional dwelling units in the township. South Frontenac Council passed changes to the official plan and zoning bylaw in September 2023, and Frontenac County approved the change to the official plan in December 2023 for the construction of additional dwelling units. An additional dwelling unit is a self-contained residential unit with its own kitchen, bathroom facilities, and sleeping area on a property that already has a house on it. It can be a space within a house like a basement apartment or in-law suite, or a separate building on the same lot. Two additional dwelling units, one in the primary house and one in an accessory building are allowed in South Frontenac for a total of three living units on one property. Mayor Vandewal states, quote, for a rural municipality like South Frontenac, additional dwelling units are a creative solution to provide more housing options. For property owners, they are a way of potentially generating income to help offset housing costs. For people needing a place to live, they can provide an affordable alternative to owning a home or paying high rent. They also support our vision of being a welcoming and thriving rural community, since these units often provide a way for seniors to age in place and can help young families starting out, end quote. Property owners who want to build an additional dwelling unit will still need to meet certain conditions, such as ensuring that there is adequate potable water, sewage, road access, parking, etc. Once the requirements are satisfied, they'll be issued a zoning certificate and can then apply for a building permit. The Ontario government has committed to building 1.5 million homes over the next 10 years as part of its More Homes Build Faster Ontario's Housing Supply Action Plan. For more information on additional dwelling units, you can visit southfrontnet.net slash ADUs or contact planning at southfrontnet.net. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. Next up, I'm throwing it to Dinah with a special segment with Birdbone Theatre. Thank you so much. In our next segment, we catch up with Alison Gowan and Alexander Bregashevska of Birdbone Theatre about their upcoming Broom Dance Tour. Check out our Today in YGK podcast to enjoy the full interview with Alison and Alexandra and some lovely music as well. Thanks for joining us today, Allison and Alexandra. Tell us a little bit about the Broom Dance Tour and what audiences can expect. Yes, yes. Well, with this support from the Canada Arts Council, we've been able to build this show into more of a project. And so we are offering a singing workshop this Saturday coming for Slavic ritual songs that's saturday the 27th the following day we're welcoming the crowds at next church in kingston ontario for the song house cabaret which is going to be a beautiful little show the show is going to um, feature not only chante la pomme but also swampwood orchestra reunion hits 
It's going to feature excerpts of Linworm's cabaret. It's going to welcome uh, friends into the band, Christos Munoz on the drums and Rogan Gowan Dale. And it's going to feature performances by Kingston's own Time Victim, as well as performances by Ekaterina and Alison, as well as some of the songs that we have been studying as part of this project with Alison from Ekaterina on February 24th. Again, a matinee, 3.30 on a Saturday in Lyndhurst at Wendy's Country Market in the loft of the barn. Then we perform it at Next Church on another Sunday show, this one later, uh, Sunday at Next Church, March 3rd. And then we pack up and drive to Toronto and our third show of this project will be at the Bron Taberna and that will complete our Boom Dance project. And along there, we're, uh, I am offering a shadow puppet making workshop on Friday, February 16th in Lindhurst at the one room Lindhurst Public Library. Thank you for that. And Allison, actually over to you. What can audiences expect to see, do, feel, learn, and experience ultimately when they go to uh, the Broom Dance performances? So Broom Dance will, will sonically marry some of this Slavic work, the songs, Slavic folklore that we've been working on with Ekaterina. This has been, this is really a dream to have an artist uh, like her. Uh, I've always wanted to be able to collaborate with, with Ekaterina uh, because she's wickedly talented. Uh, she also has a very theatrical sense. She comes from, uh, as well as being an ethnomusicologist, as well as being a scholar, of Slavic folk culture, singing with uh, groups like Bliska, uh, uh, the Slavic polyphony group Bliska, and also Megan Glass, who is a Bulgarian ensemble. She's a metal star. She's uh, she she she's a, a singer in metal bands. So she's got a great sense of of the over the top theatricality. So it's, I think it's a great match for us. So it's going to be very, very fun. I'm very grateful to have this funding that we can bring Ekaterina on board. And we've also been able to learn so much uh, uh, vocally. Uh, so what I think in terms of, we'd like to be able to marry, marry these folk traditions and weave them in special ways into the show. We don't know what it's going to look like or sound like yet. And that's that's the joy of it. Um, but prepare to be uh, sonically uh, overloaded from time to time, but with breaks, breaks for 
absolutely exquisite beauty and you never know maybe a little bit of zither if you listen carefully thanks so much to Allison Gowan and Alexandra Bregashevska of Birdbone Theatre for joining us in this segment check out the Today in YGK podcast to enjoy the full interview with Birdbone Theatre and some lovely music as well and mark your calendars for the free shadow puppet workshop in Lyndhurst on February 16th and a singing workshop at 99 York Street on January 27th Broom Dance performances take place February 24th at Furnace Falls Farm in Lyndhurst and March 3rd at Next Church. Learn more about Broom Dance and Birdbone Theatre at birdbonetheatre.org and by following the troupe on Instagram and Facebook. Hello, my name is Erica Singh and welcome to Campus Corner. Today I'm joined by Rhee and Bailey who are here from the Union Gallery. Hi guys, how are you? Hi, we're doing really well. Hi, great. Thank you for having us. Do you guys just mind introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about the Union Gallery? Yeah, so uh, my name's Bailey Lang. I'm a master's student here at Queen's in cultural studies. And my name is Ree Parsons. I am also a master's student uh, here at Queen's in cultural studies. And uh, Union Gallery is a student-centered, non-for-profit space on the campus in Stauffer Library on the first floor. And uh, this year, we're actually entering our 30th year in operation. So we opened in 1994, which is really exciting. Uh, So we are a contemporary public art gallery. And we kind of act as like this meeting place for artists from like different points in their career and different styles and different mediums, different ages and different communities to all kind of come together and have this space together where they can experiment and exhibit and play. Yeah, and the fundraiser is Union Gallery's annual fundraiser, and it's the main annual event that helps generate revenue for Union Gallery to keep its programming free for everyone. So the event was previously called Cezanne's Closet, and this year we've uh, done a new name to rename it side by side. Uh, The event is open now and includes an exhibition and an event which takes place on February 10th. Uh, People are welcome to come and visit the exhibition in person now until the date of the event and purchase tickets for either $100 or $200. So this includes a lottery-style draw over Zoom where ticket holders' names are pulled one by one and they are invited to choose which piece they would like to bring home with them after the event. All right, perfect. And can you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration behind the name Side by Side and what changes participants can expect from this refreshed event? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our directors, Morgan Wetterspoon and Abby Nowakowski, um, they were talking about a shift that they wanted to enact that really reflected what Union Gallery has become in these last few years, um, which is this meeting place for all these types of artists and mediums and genres. Um, So when we were brainstorming this new name, you know, we kind of had our eyes closed and we were envisioning what Cezanne's Closet, what this fundraiser has been in the past, which is this gallery style exhibition with this like huge amount of diverse art and artists literally displayed together side by side. So we kind of played played off of this. And um, in the aesthetics, we created this like playful and whimsical sort of vision that uh, personifies the kind of joy that comes from these types of radical and care-filled communities within these more traditional spaces, such as an institution like Queens or the university, um, so on. And what participants can expect to see in the event is something that's really relevant and reflects who Union Gallery is today. 
And it's really interesting because it takes on the people behind the organization. So Abby, who is a printmaker, has a very specific um, style in her art. And uh, they have done a beautiful job with the visuals and the aesthetic aesthetic footprint of the new fundraiser. So you can really see Abby in all of this. And then you can see Morgan in um, some more of the fundraising elements, like the pins and the uh, the new name. And Bailey, you can see Bailey in the pieces that are curated. And you can see me in some of the other um, corners of the exhibition. Like, it's a really multifaceted event that, like, takes on everybody in the organization. It's really interesting in that sense. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, So when is the event and how can people buy tickets? So the online event is going to be held on February 10th. Uh, The exhibition is open now, so people are welcome to come in and visit and purchase tickets up until the the date of the event. Uh, Tickets can be purchased through Union's website, or if anyone needs any help, you're welcome to visit the gallery space as well. There's always someone there to help out. Um, Union's website is uh, uniongallery.queensu.ca and if you visit there you can also find a lot of other exciting ways to help support the gallery. We're also doing a postcard sale right now with um, some of the prints that are in the show that Rhea and I were really excited to put together and have been such a awesome thing to see it all come together. Big Daddy! Come see Big Daddy! (laughs) Big Daddy's an awesome piece and also one of the postcards for sale. Uh, There's also some totes and the pins are available to pre-order as well but the tickets can be purchased through the website for 100 or 200 dollars and also if you head to the website the um the online catalogs there as well so if you can't have an opportunity to come in and see everything in person the catalog's a great way to check everything out and we also have some raffle baskets coming up which are really exciting all right and the pin you mentioned um that is a collaboration by adrian crossman Um, Can you please talk a little bit more about the collaboration and the significance of the pin? Definitely. So Adrian Crossman is going to be exhibiting at Union Gallery um, in a few months. And what we wanted to do was uh, reflect a shift in the fundraiser that faces the artists. So um, in some of the In some of the structural changes that were made, um, we created an opportunity for artists to actually make money from their sales. And in doing this, this was our idea of shifting the fundraiser to be more artist and student centered. So um, we wanted to create a collaboration with one of our artists, whether they were exhibiting or part of the um, exhibiting in the future or part of the exhibition now to reflect this moment, this shift in time. Um, And these sort of limited edition ephemeral products um, really represent what this moment right now means to us and how we can make this present change meaningful and how people can take a piece of that home with them. And then we're hoping to continue this into the future where we have more collaborations with more artists in more time-based exhibitions and products and performances to really reflect what this moment means to Union Gallery and what it will mean in the future. All right. And along that same line, nearly 130 artworks are available for selection. What was the process of choosing each artwork and what can attendees expect from this diverse collection? So um, artists made this this decision themselves based on a number of factors when they were originally submitting their pieces to potentially be included in the show. 
um, as the exhibition came together, a lot of the pieces on average in the $200 section are quite a bit bigger. The biggest piece is around five feet tall, so that's a notable distinction and also really exciting to come and see. Um, visitors to the exhibition can expect to see a lot of different pieces by artists in the community, students, and lots of different friends of Union Gallery. Uh, on the left side, when you enter the exhibition, are all the $100 pieces and the $200 pieces are on the right, so it should be you know, easy to tell which kind of ticket people might be interested in purchasing. There's a lot of range in terms of subject matter, style, medium, and even a few really great sculptures that we were excited to include. Uh, this hopefully includes a lot of different styles of works from artists to create a great exhibition, but also lots of options for ticket holders to choose from. For those who want to stay updated or learn more about Side by Side, can you please provide some information about where they can buy tickets again and some more additional details on the event, such as a website or social media? Yeah, so again, Union's website is uniongallery.queensu.ca, so that's great for ticket purchasing, they can access the catalog, um, also all the artwork details, and more ways to support Union, such as the totes for sale postcard, of works in the exhibition, pre-ordering the pin, and also the raffle baskets. Um, and Union's Instagram is always a great place to keep updated about all the other things going on, the exciting things that are yet to come, their programming, and you can find them on Instagram at union underscore gallery. Ticket holders at the $100 and $200 levels. Absolutely. So the tiered system reflects the changes that Union Gallery made for the artists in them being able to select the value of their work and then being able to receive money from the sale. And um, the $100 price range is what Union has always offered, which is something that's accessible for students that still gets you a really great piece of art. And there's about 70 pieces to choose from in that price range. And the $200 level allowed us as curators the wiggle room to be able to, you know, move everything around and select things as we saw fit. But also the it allowed Union Gallery to be able to pay the artists instead of asking for full donations, which is what we've done for almost 30 years in the past. Visually, as Bailey mentioned, you can see the difference between the tiers. So there's more $100 pieces that are a bit smaller on the left, and then there's about 53 $200 pieces that are a bit larger in size on the right side of the gallery. Yeah, so on February 10th, um, anyone that has purchased a ticket is welcome to join the live Zoom. And from here, what people can expect is we have some really awesome MCs to guide them through the evening to make it a really enjoyable experience. I think everyone had their cats up on screen at one point last year, which was awesome. <laughs> Um, and from there, what happens is one by one, the ticket holders' names are pulled, and then they're invited to choose whichever piece they'd like in that order. So it's really exciting to see what people are choosing, when your name's going to be pulled, and it's a lot of great energy for the whole night. So the raffles are something new this year that the fundraising committee wanted to initiate. So all of our committees are student-run and organized, which really brings uh, Union Gallery back into the student hands. And what the fundraising committee wanted to do this year was create um, really exciting opportunities for the ticket buyers to receive some local goodies from um, sponsors like YGK Thrift, um, Something Else Records, Kingston Canadian Film Festival, the screening room, and like so much more. So we have two raffle baskets this year where you can get um, almost $300 worth of goodies in each. And they're super affordable. It's like $10 for six tickets or something. So 
definitely a really exciting change for the ticket buyers this year that hasn't ever been available. Make sure to stop by Stoffer Library until February 10th to view the artworks and make sure to buy your tickets at the Union Gallery's website. That's all for me today here on Campus Corner. Thank you so much. For your weather this evening, we're expecting freezing rain changing to periods of rain this evening. Temperature will rise to plus 3 by morning. For tomorrow morning, we're expecting cloudy skies with a 40% chance of drizzle. Fog patches dissipating in the morning. Winds will be 20 km per hour, becoming light in the morning. Temperature will be steady near plus 3 with a UV index of 1 or low. For tomorrow night, we're expecting cloudy with a 60% chance of rain and a low of plus 1. Next up is your CFRC traffic report for this week. Now it's time for your CFRC weekly traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban is in effect. Motorists are advised that overnight, on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. For road closures, University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's JDEC project. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham, expects an eastbound lane closure until April 1st, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure. And now it's time for the Community Concert and Events Calendar for January 22nd to 28th. On January 24th, the Engineering and Technology Fair will take place at Grant Hall from 10.30am to 3.30pm. Explore future career opportunities and meet and network with prospective employers in person. On-site resume review and preparation support, as well as one-on-one -on -one career coaching and advising, will also be available. This event is open to all students of all years, but it will be particularly focused toward engineering and computing disciplines. No need to register. Drop in any time between 10.30 and 3.30. On January 25th, Breast Friends will be holding an inaugural bra drive from 12 to 4 p.m. at the ARC. Donate your ill-fitting or unwanted bras. Breast Friends will be distributing donated bras to community members in need at the Kingston Interval House and the Integrated Care Hub. Bra donors will also be entered in a giveaway for a chance to win a $50 Best Buy gift card and a $30 Novel Ideal gift card. Message qu.breast.friends at gmail.com for further information or if you require accommodations. Also on January 25th is Runner's Choice Weekly 2SLGBTQIA Plus Run. Participants will meet at Runner's Choice at 6.15pm for a 5-6 km run. There will also be a post-run social for those who are interested. If you are part of the 2S LGBTQIA community and are interested in joining this run for the first time, please contact Runner's Choice at 613-542-2410 or visit their website at runnerschoicekingston.com. Don't miss the historical costume ball drag show Fashion Pageant Spectacular on January 25th. This show will take place from 7-10pm to 10 PM at the Agnes Etherington Arts Center. Kingston's Dare de la Femme, Tiffany Morgan, and Rowena Way showcase, with emphasis on the word show, their bespoke garments. Come costume up and get ready to mingle or dance. Register for the event for free at agnes.queensu.ca. On January 26th and 27th, TEDx QueensU will be hosting the 14th Annual Conference at the Isabel Bader Center at 6.30pm. This event will feature speakers from across the globe that have innovative ideas worth sharing. This year's theme is Wonder. Insightful topics spanning science, business, technology, leadership, social issues, and more will be discussed. Doors open at 5.30pm. For further information, a detailed itinerary of the event, and to purchase tickets, visit TEDxQueensU.com. On January 27th, the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre presents Deep Looking, a free, guided tour of their new exhibition, Who is Bell Island? 
Billy Kearns and Jill Glatt collaborate on this exhibition that asks, what does it mean to be a local artist, and how can we honor the land with stories we tell? To register for free, visit agnes.queensu.ca. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, genderfluid, or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and to meet other students and wider trans community members? Head over to The Ark on January 28th at 2.30pm for a solidarity swim. Swimmers will meet at The Ark Earl Street entrance at 2.20pm. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, visit gogalesgo.com. Moving on to our concert listings. On January 24th, head over to the Musiki Cafe and Whiskey Bar at 8pm to see Frank Ryan perform. This event is Pay What You Want by donation to the musicians. On January 25th, Beats Working will be performing jazz melodies and songs from Sicily at the RCHA Club at 7pm. Cover is $5. Also on the 25th, Jazz Thursdays will be taking place at Blue Martini, and Dave Barton Trio will be taking the stage at 7pm for a free jazz show. Later on in the night at Blue Martini, Christopher Jackson and special guests will be playing from 7 to 9pm for free. All ages are welcome. Looking for an audience to test out your new music, poetry, drag, lip syncs, performance art, dance, and more? On January 25th, Modern Fuel will be launching The Local Muse, an open stage for curious minds and creative oddballs. The event will run like an open mic with the opportunity to sign up for your 5-minute slot when you arrive or at any point throughout the evening. All sound equipment will be provided and there will be refreshments available. This event is free to attend and everyone is welcome. Also on the 25th, Blue Martini will be hosting Royal Jam Open Mic Night at 9pm for free. Calling all Swifties, on January 26th at 9pm, come shake it off at Taylor Swift Karaoke Night at the Mansion. This event is being hosted by Queen's University Dance Marathon and Queen's University Taylor Swift Society. Tickets are $5 and all proceeds will go toward the Children's Miracle Network. Purchase tickets on Eventbrite. So on the 26th, Kieran and Robinson will be performing at the Caesar Company at 8pm for free. Happy Hour TGIF, Smoking Roosters will be playing some great tunes from the 70s onward at the RCHA Club on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30pm. This event is free and drink specials will be available. Also at the RCHA Club on the 26th, the Change will be performing classic rock and non-stop hits from 8 to 11pm with a $10 cover. Catch Rust Pump live at the Merchant Tap House from 10.30pm to 1.30am for free, also on the 26th. Stand-up comedy with Lisa Lehman and Logan Willits will be taking place at the Rural Tavern on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. for free. Head over to Spearhead Brewing on the 26th from 7 to 10 p.m. for a free all-ages open mic night. Moving on to the 27th, the Birds of a Feather will be playing at the Embassy Live Music Cafe at 7 p.m. Cover is $10. On the 27th, Canadian singer-songwriter Sarah Sleen will be joining the Kingston Symphony for a tribute to the genius of Joni Mitchell from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at the Grand Theatre. Sarah Sleen brings her unique take on the very best of Joni's songbook, layering familiar gems with her own perspective and superlative voice with beautiful musical arrangements by Grammy Award-winning artist Vince Mendoza. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at kingstongrand.ca. Catch Trevor Walsh at the Caesar Company on the 27th from 8 to 11 p.m. for free. And over at the Royal Tavern from 8pm to 1am, there will be a free karaoke night. On January 28th, there will be a musical performance at the Isabel Bader Center at 2pm. Tickets start at $30 for the general public, $27 for Queen's faculty and staff, and $10 for students and may be purchased at queensu.ca slash theisabel. Also on the 28th, head over to the Broom Factory for youth open mic night with Savannah Shea. Whether you're a budding songwriter, a gifted musician, or a passionate poet, this stage is yours. Free coaching sessions by the incredible Savannah Shea will take place from 12 to 1, and open mic runs from 1 to 3. This event is entirely free. Reserve your spot at the Google form linked at cfrc.ca. 
On January 28th, there will be two karaoke nights, one at the Royal Tavern at 8pm and one at the Toucan at 10.30. Both events are free of charge. House of Cards takes over Kingston. On January 28th, Justin Sider's drag show, Drag Me to Safety, Justin Sider's Y2K birthday show, will take place at the mansion at 7.30pm. Get ready to celebrate Justin Sider's birthday in style with music from 1995 to 2005. Tickets can be purchased for $20 at the door or $15 on Eventbrite. This has been Danielle with your community events and concerts calendar, wishing you all a great week. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear.